most of my problems at the moment have been with Amazon. Over the Christmas period, I think Amazon probably lost me about $50,000. Amazon decided to optimize my titles without telling me. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. All right, everybody, episode 164 of Global From Asia. And Claire has been getting to know Shenzhen a little bit and going to some meetups. What was some fun stuff you had the other day? Um, last night, uh, we, you know, like had, uh, we went for a drink after the meetups and like a guy was talking about like funny stuff about bananas. Do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, I've, I've heard of bananas. So he was from Canada, but he was originally Chinese, so... So they uh, call him a banana because he's a Chinese born Canadian or, you know, so he's yellow on the outside and white in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. You must know other bananas then. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. There's a lot of different jokes or, uh, you know, Oreos or you heard of an Oreo? Um, No. Can you guess what that is? Oreo? Um, Don't think so. It's a black person that's acts white or is white. Because it's, you know, the color on the outside is, is black and the inside is white. So there's all these kind of jokes or, you know, ways of making fun of people that are culturally different than maybe what they look like or act differently. So but the whole world's getting mixed up. I guess I guess uh, there's lots of nicknames for my kids because they're mixed mixed blood and, and different things. They're going to probably get different jokes when they're older. So <laughs> we'll see. I'll probably hear about it at the kitchen table sometimes. And... How about this ambassador program we're working on? Do you want to share with everybody? Yeah, we have like the first um, group of ambassadors uh, joining with us and we're going to have a a, like party um, this coming Friday. Yeah, so we're working on ways to engage with some really excited fans and listeners of the show. And we, of course, there are a lot of them are locally in Hong Kong and Shenzhen, but we have a group, uh, a special group for them on on WeChat, where we're just talking to people that really want to help promote, especially the cross-border summit, but other, other things we're doing here at Global From Asia. So you can get in that by adding Claire on WeChat at Global From Asia or emailing her blog at globalfromasia.com and and we'll ask you some questions. Make sure you're you're in it in it for the the fun of it, right? Yeah. We we have a lot of cultural discussions in here with with uh, with business about cultural differences, and we'll maybe get into that in future shows. But I was also talking about a little bit about money. I was talking to the South China Morning Post reporter. Clara was laughing. She hears all my phone calls now here, and they were. And referred to me by a common friend because they're re- doing a report about the banking issues in Hong Kong. So everybody thought of me and I kind of rip, ripped into it about a half hour to a 45 minutes with the reporter just kind of in shock writing lots of notes. He said she was Chinese and you could hear her. How did she sound on the... I don't know, typically um, Chinese like me, you know, like when you speak English and it doesn't really sound like, you know, like English... <laughs> Mm, so hopefully she got the good stuff, but it'll probably be a negative quote in the report from me. I'm hope like she's not listening to show right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, probably not. I don't think. But anyway, let's let's talk about this week's show. We, it was done. You were actually here when in the studio office or wherever we're sitting right now. Chris, yeah, I'm actually got a doll for him. Yeah, you helped find him. He couldn't exactly find the place, and we're trying to make it easier for people to visit us here. So Chris Davy, he's been on the show episode one one four about a year ago. And we got him back on the show. He's a, he's a, you know, become a good friend of mine from the show and he's doing Amazon FBA. He, he had done it years and years ago, like I had done, but he also just returned selling on Amazon via FBA about a year ago. And so it was cool that we kind of talked last time about him starting and, and what's been different and, and his strategies. This time we get him back on the show to talk about, how he's gone, how, how his business, he's, he's been doing pretty well. And he gives some tips and insights about sourcing and his supply chain and logistics and all those kind of fun stuff. And we can get all into it. And of course, show notes as always are at www.globalfromasia.com slash episode 164. Yeah. All right. Let's tune into Chris's interview. All right. Thank you, everybody. Tuning into Global From Asia podcast. We're here with Chris Davey back on since episode 114. Thanks for coming on the show, Chris. That's great. Great to be back. And we're doing this in person here in my humble home studio with the vision board on the wall and talking about getting some, you know, padding on the wall and fun things. But it's always great to catch up with you. So today's show, you know, we were on the show 114. We recommend if you haven't listened to it, Definitely go back to the archives and check it out. But then it was uh, talking about preparing for your first Chinese New Year. Now we've been through two Chinese New Year's and we were mentioning, you know, this one was a little bit, I think, a more difficult Chinese New Year because it was closer to Christmas. Mm -hmm. And uh, how how did you feel with the dates this year from Yeah, I mean, when I looked at it on the calendar like nine months ago or something like that, I kind of planned for Christmas and Chinese New Year all in one go, yeah. So it was not two separate events for me. It was mm-hmm. like when I when I did it, I was thinking, you know, I need to cover both events. It was a little bit tricky actually because we were in the middle of changing suppliers, and it was like in like we had a we had a number. I think it was like the middle of September was like the latest deadline oh. because I wanted to ship a forty foot container of stock to Amazon, and it was like. We were getting, we, we changed supplier like the beginning of July or something like that. So that's when we started sampling and you know what it's like. The suppliers mm. are like, yeah, 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 we can do that. We can do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went to Yeah, yeah. And, and, and lots of little problems and stuff like that. But luckily we did a lot of inspection. Like when they first went into production, we were there. And then immediately like they made a hundred pieces of the 6,000 order. And we were like, oh, there's problem, 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 problem. And then like, okay. We need to leave for a week yeah. while they resolve all the issues. Otherwise, they would have made all 6,000 with problems all over them. So, um, yeah. So, it's, it's about the planning, you know. Don't don't just sit back and hope everything goes all right. True. Some people I heard just took, like, a long holiday. Well, you know, in a corporate world because with the, especially, like, in Asia, you have your Christmas holidays and you have your Chinese New Year. And basically, January was just stuck. Nothing happening, I felt. And yeah, I, I, I've had like some of the Chinese suppliers, I asked them uh, for a quote and like, I think it was like the 11th of January and they were like, oh, we're shutting now. And like, we're back in the end of February, beginning of March. 
<laughs> it's like nearly two months holiday. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was the problem. So it seems like we talked before the show, business is doing well. Maybe you can give us kind of update. You were just starting when we did the last year's or restarting. I know you and I have both on e-commerce many, many years ago, but you just started restarting your e-commerce. Maybe kind of like an overview of what you're comfortable sharing, maybe your SKUs and, and other other numbers. Or Yeah, no problem. Um, I mean, when I first started out, I started I started working on the first product last in September 2015 and was hoping to launch it in November in time for getting the Christmas sales. But in the end, it was like arrived at Amazon or was live on Amazon like 14th or 15th of December. So I managed to catch a little bit of the Christmas sales. But that was kind of, I think like we spoke about in the last podcast, I designed like the products myself where possible. And that was like did 11,000 US in the first month. And it was obviously Christmas. Um, but it's a very, very exciting time when you start to say a product on Amazon and like day one, no sales. Day two, no sales. Day three, one. Yeah, excited. <laughs> day, day four, two. Yeah, and then it was like a few more days in and was like selling 35 a day or something like that. Um, so it's pretty exciting and basically made me think, oh, okay, I'm onto something here, yeah, because at the time I'd kind of designed something and I was thinking, this is a really good idea, I think, but I had no idea whether mm-hmm. other people think it's a really good idea. So it went really well um, and then kind of like already was starting to move on to other products then and they they were successful as well. And like coming through to the middle of last year, I had about, uh, I don't know, maybe about, 12 or 13 SKUs, I think. And uh, I started to get a bit bogged down, you know. I, there's only There was only me. I kind of didn't want to employ anyone because I'd had a little experiment with employing people in person and I'd found that I wasn't getting as much work done because I was too busy explaining to them what to do and really it kind of needed me to write up all the processes. But mm. in my head, I was thinking, yeah, I haven't got time to write all these processes. <laughs> yeah, so it's like catch 22. Then I spend a lot of time training them. And then like two or three weeks later, they're like, oh, I'm leaving. And then someone else comes along. Um, so I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't really want to employ anyone. I'm just going to try and do all this myself. But it got to the middle of last year and I was... I was feeling like I was completely bogged down and I wasn't really getting anywhere. I was kind of happy with my progress, but I wasn't making any more progress because the sourcing part of it was taking up so much of my time with like, you know, problems at the factories and needing to go and do inspections and getting quotes and trying to, you know, like maybe I made some at this factory and I went to inspect them and I wasn't really happy with the quality and I'm thinking I mustn't order any more from this factory. And it's always, this is also chicken and egg as well because it's like I was I never quite had ordered enough Mm. so it's like they're selling really well and I'm like I mustn't order any more from that factory and it's like if I don't I'm going to run out of stock and I'm like I really want to change factory but haven't got time which meant I need to spend a lot of time with with the factories trying to make sure we sorted all the problems out Mm. got it well and then going back into sourcing so yeah, you, you come from a sourcing background and I know last show you said you're using that for your advantage. Can you maybe share a little bit how the process of sourcing is going? 
Yeah. Like I said, I I actually found, oh, like my products are selling really well. So my, my confidence level in my design ability started to increase. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was coming up with a lot of ideas. I got like a whiteboard in my living room, like a two meter by one meter whiteboard. And every time I thought of an idea, I just wrote it on there. Yeah. And I ended up with a board full of ideas for products, but I found actually I wasn't actually getting onto any of the ideas because it's too busy, like going to suppliers and getting quotes and stuff like this. And then just by chance met up, I actually went to visit a friend and I was in Starbucks and met up with a guy that I used to know from the bar. I hadn't seen for a while. I used to play pool with him and, um, He's a really nice guy. I didn't really know too much about him at the time, but he lives in the same city as me. And then we started talking and he said he was running a sourcing company. So I decided, like, it was a few weeks later, I said I'd come and visit his office, yeah. And I went to his office and I started showing him some some 3D uh, models that I'd done for a new product. And he started giving me some really helpful advice on, like, how to improve them you know so they were easy for injection molding and stuff like this and i found that 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 advice was really great and and i'm in his office he's running a sourcing company and he was telling me oh you know i can help you with your sourcing if you want and i'm like well okay maybe i'll give you one product to try it's a product i'm already buying and having some issues with the supplier and i want to change supplier but i really haven't got time to deal with it so you know, if you want to go out and try and find another supplier who can do it, then maybe we can, maybe we can start some sort of arrangement between us. Okay, very cool. And then that seems to have been going going pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it's going really good. Um, I mean, what really happened was is uh, we we struck a deal, and and the and I might as well tell you what the deal was. It's <laughs> like sure. it was like I would give him fifty percent of any money he mm-hmm. saved. So this particular product was like uh, $6.70, I think, or something like that I was paying. He managed to get it for like $5.50. So we split the saving 50-50, and also I paid him 10% commission. Very cool. I see a lot of these sourcing companies, like especially in EWU. You go to EWU, there's all these brochures around saying like 1% commission. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe these companies can yeah. survive with 1% commission. So... Um, and I'm sure it's not really 1%. So I wanted, I wanted to strike a fair deal because, you know, I want him to work for me. And if, if I'm just paying him like two or 3% and he's not making any money, I don't think he's going to do a good job for me. So I wanted to make sure that he got a fair, a a fair wage out of it. But what I found was, is it was great. He managed to resource the products. We, we resourced them. I ended up paying, I, I think like 30 cents less than I was paying before for this product. We managed to get a few things into the design that I wanted in there before, like improving the packaging and uh, uh, improving the bag that the product came in and stuff like that. So actually ended up with a better product, a better supplier. And now they were like managing all my orders. They were going there doing my quality inspection for me. Actually, I went with them the first time because I live in China. It's, it's you know it's beneficial for me, me and them to go together, so we can make sure we agree and we're on the same page. Um, but that was the first delivery. After that, I've just left it to them. Great. Um, and the real key benefit is is that I got some of my time back, which meant I could design some more products. So I've managed now. I've got thirty four SKUs. Um, 
managed to launch, you know, another 20 odd SKUs in the second half of last year and the beginning of this year, actually. Um, so yeah, I, I found that's really beneficial to free up my, to free up my time, even though with like sourcing is my background. Yeah. It's I, I kind of like to do it myself, but it's just like, if I did, I couldn't grow the business. Yeah. And I think you also mentioned it's been motivating or you're pushing you ahead a little bit. I, yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, uh, from the very beginning, it's just like, I'm in their office and I just, oh yeah, that's, that's really good. I was thinking about doing a green version of this, you know, it's like, and like two or three days later, they're like, oh, we've got the green sample in for you. And I'm like, huh? I was like only talking about it. I was like, oh, but actually, yeah, it looks pretty good, actually. Let's go, let's go with it, you know? And um, like I said to you, I mean, there's a pretty simple product that I just thought of an idea for and just sent them, what day are we today? Friday. I sent them on Monday, I think it was, or Tuesday, like rough spec for the product. And they're asking me a few details. Oh, what should this material be and this and I, I was like a bit vague with them and said, oh, I don't actually know what it needs to be. Yeah, it's like, it. this is what how it needs to perform. And literally they sent me pictures today and said, oh, the samples are in our office. So if you want to come and look at them. So awesome. Very cool. I'm sure there's some jealous listeners about that. I know that's one struggle, I think, by not being in China or, or Asia, maybe waiting for samples and the, the, the lead time and the communication issues. So you definitely have a great deal there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things I really like about it because this is an English guy uh, and he's got Chinese team working for him and it basically means that cuts out, you know, 90% of the stupid questions don't come to me, they go to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I only get 10% of the questions now, you know, and it's it's so much it's so much beneficial, you know, because he, he just filters out all of the all of the rubbish basically yeah so very cool so let's move on to another big topic or theme of fba sellers or e-commerce is logistics mm-hmm. so i know you you've been figuring that out and getting getting some where yeah i mean i i had a, in the last six months or so i'd had a lot of problems with logistics and when i went into this although i was working for a big company before we had like a logistics department and I didn't really get too involved in it. You know, I was buying, we, we were spending like 30 million US dollars and we were shipping a lot of stuff to the UK from China and stuff like that. But I didn't really have a great understanding of what the logistics department were doing. I'm just like, here's the delivery, you deal with it now. I don't want to know what you're doing. And um, so I kind of had to go out there and learn quite a lot about the logistics. And the first thing I found was, I, th- actually the first company I found were really good. Um, they were doing a good job, but they were like charging me an arm and a leg. Mm. Yeah, it was really expensive. And it's only as I built up more knowledge and spoke to more people, especially as I got quite a lot of Chinese Amazon seller friends. So I started to ask them, how much are you paying for logistics? How are you dealing with this? And um, I started to realize, okay, I think I'm paying too much here. I really need to find um, the right company. And... It was just by chance, actually, that one company happened to contact me through Facebook. Very cool. That's <laughs> so, awesome. And uh, the, the the guys like in-laws lived in the same city as me and he happened to be coming there. So I, I was supposed to have a meeting with him. I was running out of time and I'm like, look, I haven't got time for the meeting unless you come to my apartment. So he comes to my apartment. <laughs> we had a chat. He seemed to know what he was talking about. So, okay, I'll give you my next my next shipment to deal with. 
give me a good price and I don't know how many shipments I've sent with him now, maybe 20 shipments, I would guess. And I also recommended him to a lot of other people. And on this one, nobody's complaining to me. On some of the other ones. <laughs> I, I, I'm always, especially logistics, I'm really nervous to introduce logistics. Yeah, yeah. I I, I had some nightmares with the previous previous ones that I've been using. But this one, I mean, I've been using them for about six months now, Touch. Touch wood. This is not this wood, I don't think, but Chinese wood here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Been using it for about six months. I haven't had any problem. And all of the people I recommended to them have actually come back to me and said, Hey, these guys are doing a good job for me and they really seem to know what they're doing. I've actually just come from their office today, actually. It's the first time I've ever been to their office very or anything. Cool. Yeah, so very, very cool. And you know, some problems you're having, I know. It's going to be a funny answer. We were chatting a little bit, but maybe what are some of the pain points or problems you're facing today? Yeah, most of my problems at the moment have been with Amazon. Um, Like over the Christmas period, I think Amazon probably lost me about (sighs) $50,000. And it's just really strange things like they decided on my products that I launched the Christmas before, suddenly Amazon decided to... Uh, optimized my titles without telling me and took out one of the main keywords out of my title. So it was coming towards the Christmas period. So my sales were up, uh, which was what I expected. But what I didn't realize until I like looked was like two or three weeks before Amazon had been in there and shortened all of my titles and taken the main keyword out, which is like really strange. And like, it took me a long time actually to get Amazon admit to admit that they did it. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, uh, yeah, yeah." yeah. They, 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 until I, I called like three times, and eventually I found a person, and I'm like, "Look, I keep asking the same question: Who actually made the change?" And they were like, uh, "It was us. What somebody from our product team decided to optimize your listing titles." And I'm like, "Yeah, great. I think you just lost me like a whole stack of sales." <laughs> But I I was having problems left, right and centre. Another one I had was uh, one of my products sells in the category toys and games. Okay. But for some reason, Amazon decided to move it to office products. So when you search for it with like the best keywords, it didn't come up. And that had been like that for eight days, but it was around the Christmas period again. So my sales were going up. And to give you an example, this product was selling like five a day or something like that. And my sales had gone up to 15 a day. Once they fixed the keywords, mm. it went up to 100 a day. <laughs> so frustrating. Yeah. So really, really annoying because it was in toys and games. You know, it's like the perfect time to be selling toys and games products. And it had been broken for about eight days before I, mm. before I noticed it. I was actually even thinking of like employing someone just to go into all my listings to make sure nobody had changed anything. Because another one I had like all of the images disappeared apart from one. And the image the image that was there was like a really old image from like about 10 months before. So, and they just go on and on and on the problems. Yeah, it's just, it's a constant, a constant battle to keep an eye on all this stuff. I've got problems ongoing with them at the moment. Um, so. Well, we were chatting on WeChat earlier, but you're still, you're still 100% Amazon channel. Yeah. Yeah, at the moment, still 100% Amazon. Um, I'm thinking about breaking out from Amazon, but, you know, I know quite a lot of the Amazon community. And when I when I talk to most of these people, they're like, 
oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've got all my Spotify, all, sorry, all my Shopify, yeah. yeah, up and running now. And like, you know, I spent a lot of time getting up and running. I'm like, yeah, okay. So what sort of percentage of your business is it? And they're like, oh, it's like 5%. And I'm like, and I, I know I need to do it, but I'm like, at the moment I'm like, oh, I really can't be, it's not high on my priority list, you know, to do, to actually do it. Um, I have stumbled across a few people though who said they managed to get like 30%, where they're 30% from their Shopify business. So, but yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, that was a whole, that's the whole advantage of Amazon is they, they take care of everything. I mean, doing your own shopping cart. It's funny. I've noticed shopping cart became Shopify. It's like, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, I mean, making your own, cause they don't send you traffic. You have to do it all yourself. So, so if you have the skills, it's definitely worth it, but I agree with you. So it's, it's a lot of work. So hopefully we do another podcast one more year later. What's, what's maybe the plan for 2017? Oh, he put me on the spot now. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> uh, well, obviously I want to, I want to carry on increasing my SKUs on Amazon. Um, I want to, I want to look at some off Amazon stuff. Yeah. As well. Like, like we we're just discussing. Um, I started playing around a bit around with like Facebook ads and stuff like that. There's a lot, there's a lot of not sort of, a lot of white hat sort of techniques coming through for all different sorts of things now. Yeah. After all the terms of service changes that happened last, last October was it, I think. Um, uh, most of, I've been lucky because most of my products I design have just like taken off. Um, but I did just launch a new product and I'm struggling a little bit with it in the U S but like I was saying before, it seems to be a hot seller in Germany. So, um, that, that, that's one of the advantages of uh, selling in all the markets, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, if you're only selling in the US, maybe maybe you didn't know, yeah. So, um, and I've changed my, like, shipping policies now as well, which is I've started holding stock in, in China mm. because what I was finding was I was basing, like, my shipping decisions on where to send the stock on, like, what I've been selling. So, I was like, okay, I'll send 90% to the US and 10% to the UK, and then I find, oh, suddenly the UK is selling really well and the US is not selling as well. And then I've got all the stock located in the US. So then I need to place another new order. And I just it just kept catching me out all the time. So one of the big things that, that's why I was at my logistics company today, actually, was about working out a better logistics system. Um, so at the moment, I'm actually holding it in my sourcing company's mm. office. But I want to hold it in China and I want to hold... I actually want to hold the stock in the US outside of Amazon because Amazon have like increased their storage yeah, keep fees. Increasing their fees I see. And if you've got all the stock in Amazon as well, it doesn't give you the 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 ability to do the Shopify very easily. So I was talking to my logistics company today and you know these guys this is quite a small company and they're not very good at informing you and they're like yeah yeah we got like we we went to the US and we negotiated with warehouses like for eBay sellers like we can we can you can hold your stock in our US warehouse partner warehouse and you can ship one by one yeah if you want to and I'm like oh okay great I'm glad I come now yeah because otherwise I wouldn't have known about this <laughs> cool so, well, thanks so much. So, you know, listeners may be still on the fence about getting on Amazon or, or maybe just now trying to get started. Them, you still seem like optimistic. Uh, yeah, I think, I think one of the biggest problems with the new people is, is like, you really got to 
if you if you look on Amazon and there's like six thousand people already selling the same product you're thinking about selling, then forget it. Um, I started doing a presentation actually. Uh, I didn't finish it like most things, but I started doing a presentation and um, I was just looking for a few examples on there. iPhone Seven had just been launched at the time; it had been out about three weeks, and at the time there was one point four million listings for iPhone Seven case. So crazy. <laughs> so it's like. You know, if you want to break into them kind of markets, it's pretty much impossible. Yeah. Unless you're like really clued up on how to get external traffic in there and mm. and, and get yourself to the front page. Um, the classic one was like one customer come to me and wanted to do this melon slicer. And at the time there was like 200 people selling it. And I was like, mm, I don't think you should sell this. It's, it's already 200 people selling that that product or something very similar and he's like yeah, yeah it's okay i'm gonna put something else with it to make it special okay I'm like okay but then after about two months he come back to me and he's like i can't get the ppc to work the pay-per-click advertising oh. he's like you know i'm bidding a dollar a click and like i'm not getting any impressions and i'm like yeah okay let me check again i was like okay there's like you know, there's about 3,000 people selling this product now. So what you need to think is you're bidding against 3,000 people just for that PPC. He was he put up his bid. This product was selling for $9.99. He put up his bid to $2.75. For a click. Yeah. For a $9. For a click. That's not a guaranteed buy, yeah. <sighs> and he was still only coming up on page seven. So... You really need to do your research and try not to go into the oversaturated market. Even you got some sort of niche product. Like one of my friends wanted to sell battery power banks. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like. I've heard that's not a good one. <laughs> yeah, there's just like so many on there. I said you could be selling a 24 karat gold power bank on there for $20 and you probably still struggle to get any sales because nobody would ever find your advert because there's so many on there. So it it, it really needs to be something a little niche. So that's why I'm struggling a little bit with my product at the minute. There was, I launched it, it was on page 10, um, but it has started to move forward. It's, the the category's not oversaturated, but there's a lot of people on there. So, mm. But I think my product's quite different to everyone else's and hopefully nicer. Yeah, you'll be fine. Well, yeah, it's always doing your research, whether it's Amazon or any business. I think people should check out the market a little bit before and... Thanks so much, Chris. And you have an amazing WeChat group for FBA sellers and, and other things. Or, or how do you suggest people connect with you or, or what you're doing? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, they can they can add me on WeChat, but they probably won't know WeChat so many people. But uh, maybe drop me an email, okay. uh, chris at sourcefrom.asia. That's sourcefrom.asia. Yep, yep. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Also got the the Canton Fair meetup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I haven't actually done any planning for it yet, but you can take it for granted that it should be phase two and phase three, the third day of each phase. That's okay. when I normally plan it for. Cool. And last time we had like yeah, um, was there. 120 people. It was, it was, uh, the, the phase two one was uh, like completely, yeah, that was, completely that was the one packed. I was at. I, I was <laughs> really jammed. It was great. Yeah. A lot of great people. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of interesting people there. So. Awesome. We also, I did a video blog too. Yeah. You can link that if people watch. Yeah. I remember the guy sleep. 
Yeah, I did a shared DD, uh, shared taxi, and a guy was in the middle back seat, and he didn't seem to feel uncomfortable to just take a nap. And I thought I would catch him on video, and he he woke up, and then he was angry, <laughs> but he says kind of shocked, and he wanted to see it, so I showed him, and he sees it. And he's like, okay. And then he goes, doesn't let me keep it. He goes back to sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what was worse. I was recording him, which is what I, I think he didn't like, but then he let me keep it anyway. He just wanted to check you hadn't drawn on his face or something while mm, he was asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Interesting. Well, it's always fun to have you on the show, Chris. We'll definitely get you back. And thanks. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening and thanks Chris for dropping that knowledge and sharing with everybody. I really appreciate him coming back on the show. Thank you. And I had to kick Claire out of the studio or office when we were doing it as I could hear her clicking on the keyboards. So I hope it didn't, didn't interrupt too many people, but Claire was getting to listen to the show cause she's a listener anyway. So she got to hear a little bit and, uh, what do you think, Claire? Can next time you want to sit down on the interview? Yeah, definitely. Okay. We got to upgrade some of our equipment. So get some more microphones and get some more gear and we'll get you more involved. Also, next week's show, actually, well, Claire's been helping me get some guests and we've been doing a lot of cool stuff here. And there's uh, so many interviews already been recorded. It's just a matter of figuring out which one to do. But I think we're going to do Jason Green. He is a fun one. He, uh, he's, uh, doing his own business in Thailand, selling, uh, supplements online, health supplements. Um, we're not really talking about business this time. We're talking about him growing up in a van in the U S not going to school. And, uh, he was traveling around with his hippie mom and didn't go to high school or college, but ended up building iTunes and, uh, doing his own business. Uh, for me is a little bit personally interesting because I got kids and I'm already having disputes with my wife about college. So uh, he's, he, yeah, Jason gives us some great perspectives. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll go to Bali for some hippie schools for my kids or something. But it's going to be next week. And, of course, the show notes for this week are at www.globalfromasian.com slash episode 164. All right. Thank you, Claire and everybody. And see you next week. Enjoy enjoy your Tuesdays and everything else. Have a, <laughs> Have a nice, nice day. day. Ban- bananas and everybody. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.